Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Today, I have Kyle Capon, who you guys probably saw us on Instagram, uh, talk about Kyle and Katie. They are our little dynamic duo here at Stat Wellness. They're the other married couple and uh, make our family business really a family business. And super exciting. Kyle is about to become a girl dad in March. Um, and that is super exciting. So we're super excited for Kyle. We love having Kyle on our team. He comes with such a wealth of knowledge about pathophysiology and he actually just finished a certification in, uh, integrative psychiatry. So this whole mental health, brain health, uh, and what we're going to be talking about today, mitochondria is something that Kyle knows a lot about. So welcome Kyle. Thank you, Kristen. So this is a topic that we cannot possibly cover in less than 30 minutes. So we are going to be scratching the surface of mitochondria uh, dysfunction and really mitochondria function. So first, Kyle, I wanted to talk about some of our, our listeners may never have heard of the term mitochondria or the last time they heard about it was in high school biology. Um, so tell us, what is the mitochondria? Yes. So um, mitochondria are organelles. Again, high school biology, which are little bits inside of each and every cell in your body. And so they are little, um, almost like oval shaped. They look like a little tic-tac on a microscopic level. And they uh, have little what are called membranes. And there's an inner membrane and there's an outer membrane. And they actually are thought to be... um, ancient bacteria that eukaryotes or cells that have um, a cell wall and a nucleus are these eukaryotes, um, basically any animal or most living things on the planet. And so um, actually when you look at a mitochondria under microscope, they actually look exactly like um, most bacteria, but on a very microscopic level. So it's believed that they were these, what are called non-sulfur bacteria from about 1.5 billion years ago, made their way into eukaryotes in this symbiotic relationship. And so there's this idea that this part of what became our cells um, were once a different cell and we developed this um, kind of give and take relationship. And so um, the primary thing that most people have probably uh, heard from about mitochondria and evidently I'm not really on TikTok or anything much, but <laughs> on the social media, but that they are the, the energy powerhouses of our cells. And so um, what we're going to talk about today is that they are that and so much more and that mitochondria are probably one of the most critical parts of our overall health and our overall wellness and some of the biggest things that can have the biggest impact on our quality of aging and longevity and just overall health and wellness. So if you haven't heard about them, they are probably one of the most critical parts of your uh, being alive. In fact, I would argue they are the reason we stay alive um, in because they um, generate energy and keep us, keep us going, keep us moving. 
And it's so crazy that something so small can have such a large impact, right? I mean, it's the same thing with our gut microbiome we talk about. I mean, like these are just trillions of cells that basically weigh nothing that you can't even see that have such a huge impact in the way our body works. Mm -hmm. So mitochondria are really helpful for energy, helpful for longevity and anti-aging. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I, when I think of mitochondria and why I want to keep my mitochondria healthy is really longevity and, you know, anti-aging quality of life and disease prevention. Where in our body do we kind of carry or have the most mitochondria? What are like the really concentrated areas? Yeah. So, um, so again, every single cell in the body has mitochondria and, um, the cells that have them the most are firstly in the brain, um, approximately 70, it's estimated about 75% of the mitochondria in our 70, 70% of the mitochondria in our body. Um, or at least the, the amount of ATP. And we'll talk about that. That's the energy kind of output from mitochondria is utilized by the brain. Our brain is the most greedy organ in our body, the most energy dependent organ in our body. And so that's number one. Um, number two really is our heart. Um, so you got to think any tissue in the body that has to be working, it has to be, um, going and have a backup system, you know, your brain, your heart really can't go out and you survive. So our body has stored literally thousands of mitochondria per cell, um, in both, um, like the brain and the heart and then other tissues, um, the adrenal glands, the ovaries, um, some of these other, uh, organs in the body, the liver has a tremendous amount of mitochondria. Uh, it's constantly detoxifying and processing things. Um, and then our muscles themselves have a good bit of mitochondria. Now those are, um, uh, obviously we, while we're sleeping, our muscles really aren't doing as quite of much metabolic work. And that's something we, we can talk about too, is this idea of metabolism is, is primarily a mitochondrial construct of, of how, um, how well our mitochondria are working directly impacts our, um, quote unquote metabolism. And that, um, has so much more to do with just gaining or losing weight. Metabolism really is how our body, what, what causes our body to run. But so brain, heart, um, ovaries and testicles, adrenals and muscles are some of the biggest, um, places that we find mitochondria. And I think this is really where we've seen a lot over the last couple of years with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of this brain fog mm-hmm. post COVID. I've seen like a lot of brain fog or depression or focus changes And one of the big things that I think, at least from a functional medicine standpoint, is this infection really is impacting how our mitochondria works and our energy output in the brain. And so, you know, Kyle and I were chatting about one of the things we've seen as a a practice is that NAD can make such a difference for some of these patients with brain fog post-COVID. But what are some of the other symptoms? Like when you think of a patient coming in, you know, and, and you're thinking mitochondria dysfunction. Um, what are some of the like big symptoms that we think about besides maybe the brain fog I just mentioned? Yeah. So kind of, again, thinking about, um, what the mitochondria does is, is so they produce energy and really it's that energy that empowers every other cell in the body to do its job. And so theoretically you could say that every symptom is a mitochondrial <laughs> problem, however, 
typically we're looking for folks who are really fatigued, low energy, literally feel like they have no energy. People who try to go out and exercise and they're like, I can barely get my heart rate up at all. And I feel like I'm exhausted. Um, People who, now this is getting way to the end of the line, but if we're talking about the heart, people who have congestive heart failure, literally the mitochondria in their heart uh, are, are not functioning optimally to allow the heart muscle to squeeze and they get low cardiac output. Um, people who have gut issues like leaky gut, irritable bowel syndrome, constipation, where the gut just isn't like moving. There's poor gut motility. We see that there's just not good activation of the, the nerves and the tissues and the muscles to the gut. Um, and, um, certainly we see oftentimes people who have liver inflammation. We see those liver enzymes that are kind of running a little bit high people. Um, and you know, there's all these different things that can really be toxic to the mitochondria. So for example, um, like Tylenol is a tremendous mitochondrial toxin when you're taking it in way too many high of a dose. Um, and so things like alcohol or other, um, things in, uh, the environment that can really impact our liver's detoxification pathways usually is because of its damage and its kind of burden that it's putting on the mitochondria. Um, one of the things that I'm always really interested in is neurological and psychiatric issues. We know that, for example, a lot of seizures um, are come from mitochondrial dysfunction in the brain. And now it's very well established that depression, anxiety, um, psychosis, uh, which is like schizophrenia, delusions and hallucinations, and all that kind of stuff. There's all these tie-ins with um uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. And then of course, like poor thyroid function, that thyroid gland outside of maybe some autoimmune type things. If we just have this like strained, my thyroid's just not making hormones. We're thinking, gosh, what's going on with the actual energy, the cellular function of that thyroid or, um, the adrenal glands, this whole kind of quote unquote, adrenal fatigue that we call it really is, is a dysfunction of the adrenal glands from being able to produce the hormones that they should be the cortisol and DHEA and pregnenolone and aldosterone, all these different adrenal hormones. We think there's some kind of mitochondrial dysfunction. That's really literally draining the energy from those, from those organs. Um, and then certainly uh, other hormones, sometimes the, um, sometimes we'll see low and, in, in we can kind of maybe talk about metabolic disease in general next, but guys with low testosterone and they're just kind of putting on all this belly weight and can't, can't build muscle and they're tired and depressed and low, um, libido and these kind of things. Um, this mitochondria are really the drivers of our overall metabolic health. So, so, so a lot of this kind of standard American diseases with the standard American diet, um, are really driving so much of this, this mitochondrial dysfunction. So those are some, some basic symptoms that we would really be thinking about, but just stuff that's not moving and working as, as much energy as we would like it to have. And I think one other kind of group that I see quite a bit, uh, and I think they come to us because of different fertility journeys or things like that, but premature ovarian failure. Yeah. Like I think some of that is really rooted in some of this mitochondria dysfunction. And that's where it's really cool to me that they're starting to look at NAD. A lot of the research I've read has been done on mice looking at ovarian function. Uh, but you know, that's another example, like who would think NAD would help with ovarian function and egg quality. Right. But mm -hmm. it goes back to that mitochondria that we're talking about. Yeah. So you mentioned 
uh, I brought up infections earlier, and then you mentioned Tylenol and alcohol. What are some other things that we see that kind of negatively impact our mitochondria? Yeah, so this is a good time to bring up this concept of oxidative stress. Um, one of so uh, it's kind of a weird um, back and forth thing because oxidative stress and the best example in kind of everyday life is like a rusty pipe. Whenever a piece of metal gets rusty, that's an oxidation. That's, that's literally, it changes the cellular or changes the molecular kind of structure of that element. And it changes what it literally looks like. And so this kind of concept of like internal rusting that's happening on the inside is oxidative stress. Um, is both something that can damage mitochondria, but also when our mitochondria get put under a lot of work, they have to kind of work overtime. They themselves release what are called free radicals. Um, so they can also themselves be a source of oxidative stress. Um, and that can cause damage. And, and that has to do with this whole thing called oxidative phosphorylation, which is that that's the process of generating ATP. Um, if you remember the Krebs and the citric acid cycle, basically how our body takes sugar or fat from our food and, and converts it into energy. That is actually a, um, a, uh, kind of sort of a damaging process. So you can have a buildup of oxidative um, reactants from, from that process. And so if we're not getting enough nutrients um, that are antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin E, um, all of these things that we know in like berries and colorful, dark, rich, pigmented fruits and veggies, all of these um, different things that are very antioxidant are really beneficial. So if we're eating a diet that's just full of kind of in what we call inflammatory foods. It's just a bunch of sugar and fat that doesn't have any good antioxidant rich stuff with it. That's very damaging to our mitochondria. Um, and um, so tons of drugs we know, um, the quinolones like Cipro and Levoquin, and um, we, we know that these are massively mitochondrial toxic and people get heart failure and rupture of tendons, especially for older adults. It's a horrible risk. Um, and um, again, Tylenol um, really inhibits mitochondria. Um, even NSAIDs, there's some um, uh, mention of that. Statins are probably one of the most common ones. We know that they deplete our body of CoQ10. And CoQ10 is another uh, mineral or nutrient that's um, really critical for healthy mitochondrial function. And it seems, I don't know, about 30% of people, this depletion really triggers a lot of fatigue and brain fog and muscle pain. And so statins can be an issue. So we're always really either checking CoQ10 or just starting CoQ10 on people who are doing that for their cholesterol. Um, and uh, yeah, alcohol, very well known um, to be a mitochondrial toxin. Uh, they um, pretty well established that uh, marijuana, THC, has a pretty dramatic impact neurologically on mitochondrial function in the brain and in our nervous system. And a lot of these things that really are um, suppressants, things that really cause us to kind of power down, so to speak, um, the mechanism is going to be primarily in, in suppressing our mitochondrial function, especially um, a lot of psych drugs, um, a lot of um, antipsychotics, uh, different medications that um, people gain a ton of sometimes for like bipolar, schizophrenia, some of these antipsychotic drugs, people gain all this weight. Um, the idea is that 
yes, in suppressing some of the psychiatric symptoms, they're also suppressing people's meta- metabolism, the mitochondria, the metabolic function. And so see people gaining all this weight and they're super lethargic and they're just like, it's great that it's solving the psychiatric issues, but we're kind of creating a lot of other issues. So it's definitely um, kind of a, a, a difficult thing to deal with. But um, those are some, yeah, definitely some of the biggest ones. Again, we are, are often thinking about things like um, chronic infections in the body, like EBV, um, and you know, people have chronic gut issues like SIBO and dysbiosis, and um, also candida and this chronic fungal. Anything that's really kind of causing your um, because one of the biggest roles of that actually that mitochondria is they regulate our innate immunity. Um, so how our body um, handles um, kind of the first line defense of our of infection is um, actively um, controlled by our mitochondria. And so if our body is coming up against this chronic insult from um, viruses and um, bacteria and yeast and these things, it definitely depletes is pretty, pretty hard on our mitochondria to keep up with that. Um, And to get too deep in the weeds, but basically these other, um, viruses and bacteria and stuff, they can basically hijack all of the energy from our cells. Um, and so, um, our mitochondria go into shutdown mode. And so that's the idea of why, um, people have long COVID or chronic fatigue type syndrome, post Lyme or post EBV. That's actually kind of a protective mechanism. So our mitochondria shut down the factory, so to speak, so that those viruses or those other things can no longer steal, um, from the nutrients within our cells. So, um, it's so it's pretty wild. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, and you know, I think one of the things that I like to talk about with a lot of patients is we can't avoid all of these things, right? Like, I mean, we can definitely choose not to drink or not to smoke or, you know, whether we want to take a Tylenol or NSAIDs or things like that. Like, you know, some things we have some control over with our lifestyle, but some things, you know, like we go outside and we breathe exhaust, you know, we live in a world where people are driving cars, you know, we're using cell phones and we're using laptops and, um, you know, we may not have access to really good filtered water everywhere. And so we're, you know, drinking regular water with some heavy metals or, you know, drugs that we flush down our system that's in our water, you know, all of these things, like we can drive ourselves crazy trying to create this bubble of, you know, avoiding everything. And, we are really big about, you know, little by little, little becomes a lot and making some of these changes. But I think the really powerful thing about the knowledge we have now is that there's things that we can do to support a healthy mitochondria. And so, you know, I think all of this is really good information, but I also want you guys to know that, okay, if you were prescribed a statin, it doesn't mean that you're going to like end up with chronic fatigue syndrome, Alzheimer's, mitochondria dysfunction. Like, you know, as Kyle mentioned, we can check your CoQ10 or start CoQ10. And so, you have to kind of think of this as like a, a seesaw, right? Like we're trying to balance out the impacts of some of our world on our mitochondria and optimize it in other areas. And so that was a really great example of all the things that can really negatively impact our mitochondria. And we see this every single day in practice, you know, and we can start tallying things up and kind of seeing like all of the different insults, you know, throughout their timeline that we're like, yes, this makes sense, right? You were on 30 antibiotics by the time you were six before you had your tubes in your ears and 
then you're under a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety. You're put on, you know, anti-anxiety medication. Then you were fed a standard American diet growing up. Um, you know, you were exposed to mold. You didn't have filtered water. You know, this list goes on and on. So that they come to us. And we like to say, you know, that we do holistic medicine because sometimes people have a whole list of different symptoms. And we address all of those. And we're not specialized in just the heart or, you know, just the endocrine system or just GI. So we love your whole list of symptoms because we do holistic medicine and we see how it's all connected. And a lot of it goes back to mitochondria, mm-hmm. as Kyle has, like, mentioned and really pointed out well. So what are some things, like, our listeners can do that positively impact our mitochondria so that they be like, okay, these are things that I can control. What are some of those things? Yeah. So one of the first things that we're really working on people is what are you feeding your mitochondria? So they're, I always think about this, so that there are these little factories inside of your cells. And so there's a number of things. So certainly if you're unfortunately kind of in this like binge diet kind of world, we're just like eating way too few calories and, um, just not, actually bringing enough building blocks to your factory of your cells to actually build and do what it's supposed to do, um, we're going to see a lot of this mitochondrial dysfunction. And so healthy balances of good amounts of, of protein and healthy fats and, and, you know, healthy not, you know, carbohydrates that are going to be, um, not obviously processed junk, but, um, good carbs from fruits and veggies and, and, and everything are going to be really critical. So, um, so that's very simple looking at the nutrition piece, obviously sleep. I mean, all of our functional foundations are the most critical things for your, your mitochondria. Um, you know, if we're not getting enough sleep, that actually also, uh, mitochondria. So strangely enough, mitochondria actually power down overnight. Cause one of the things when you're resting our metabolic rate goes down our body temperature, cause mitochondria, they're what, um, control core temperature. And so, um, to sleep well, we have to really kind of power down everything. Um, and so getting good sleep is very restorative. That's where mitophagy, we haven't kind of talked about some of these things, but where our mitochondria, they get damaged. Um, and so they can actually get restored and, um, damaged parts of the mitochondria can get gobbled up by other parts of the cells called lysosomes and they get recycled. And then during when we're really sleeping, our body can, um, uh, rebuild and restore those mitochondria back to full function. And then, um, uh, obviously exercise um, is massive medicine and movement exercise is one of the most important things is as we increase some intensity and duration, especially a mixture of some hit, some longer, like maybe 30 to 45 minutes of some kind of that middle of the road cardio, that zone two cardio, we call it, um, and lifting heavy weights safely, of course, not hurting yourself, but putting some strain on those muscles really, um, sends a signal from head to toe. Hey, this guy's going to be doing a lot more work. We need to add more mitochondria so that this can keep um, f- kind of doing, can keep in increasing the amount of activity that he's going to be asking every cell to do. So um, so from a lifestyle perspective, those are really huge. Probably the, one of the more difficult ones is really working on the stress response in the body. Um, there's this whole um, kind of school of thing called the cell danger response or this uh, the CDR. And basically there's a whole... Um, cascade of mechanisms that happens in the cell when we come up against a threat or against something that's dangerous. And historically that was usually an infection, um, or it was, you know, some neighboring tribe or village or something that was coming to attack us. And so, um, when our body is under high amounts of stress, um, 
it initially ramps up mitochondrial function to deal with that thing, um, assuming that it's going to be go back to a baseline or a homeostasis. Um, but unfortunately, that ramping up process is incredibly damaging to the mitochondria. And so if we're under chronic stress, recurrent stress, um, over time, it causes mass kind of devastation of our mitochondria. And so um, really working on that mental health piece, the restoration, doing things for you every day, um, taping, taking those times. There's lots of research on mindfulness. Meditation actually has a massive impact on mitochondrial function and, um, and growing new mitochondria, especially in the brain. Um, there's a whole host of nutrients that we really focus on. A lot of the things that we already look at, your B vitamins, um, B12 and folate and riboflavin. Um, NAD is kind of comes downstream from niacin. And so that's another nutrient that we really focus on. Um, like we talked about CoQ10 and carnitine. And those are levels that we can look at are really critical for that fatty acid metabolism. Um, iron and magnesium really fuel the citric acid cycle. Um, cysteine, either in NAC or in a lot of our cruciferous veggies, really boost glutathione. And glutathione has a massive impact on ATP production as well. Um, and so lots of nutrients that you can really hone in on um, and... Um, really dealing with your gut health, the microbiome mitochondrial function is like really wild how that all, um, connects. So this kind of idea of an anti-inflammatory, really rich in fiber, rich in prebiotics, these foods that really feed your gut microbiome. Again, you got to think these mitochondria are ancient bacteria that have weaseled their way inside of our cells. And so there's a lot of crazy crosstalk that happens between our microbiome and our mitochondria. Um, and so we can really leverage that to our advantage, um, by what we feed our gut bacteria, we'll feed our our mitochondria in a really helpful way. So just a few things we can start with. Well, and I think that's just, it's gave me another reason to prioritize sleep. You know, like we know sleep is where healing happens, but like thinking about this from a mitochondria, like recharging our mitochondria every time we sleep, like that is an opportunity to set us up for success the next day. Then thinking about, you know, what are we eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? How are we recharging and fueling the mitochondria from a nutritional standpoint? How are we managing our stress? Like these things are things that we talk about on almost every one of these episodes because lifestyle is the foundational pillars, but really thinking of it in the context of mitochondria function and why this is so important for so many different things is just huge. So um, this was great. And uh, we surprisingly got through some of my main questions in the less than 30 minutes. Um, I was like, we're going to have to bring Kyle back on for part two and get into this more because it's such an important topic. Yeah. But is there anything else that you want to add as it relates to mitochondria? And by the way, guys, he mentioned a lot of nutrients that are from mitochondria and we do a test, it's called a metabolomics. And you can check a lot of these nutrients in one test. If that is something that you're interested in, uh, we can see carnitine levels. We can see niacin levels, B1, we can see, um, Krebs cycle really on there, like how your body is making ATP and heavy metals and, you know, all sorts of things. So if this is something that you guys nerd out about, like we do, think about coming in and seeing us and doing a metabolomics, but is there anything else that you want to add, uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I was going to say, um, h hormones are something that are actually really critical for mitochondrial function too. Um, so one of the things, uh, particularly that we look at a lot, uh, are, um, and not just, um, and I think it's, it's, you know, we talk functional medicine, we're root cause focus. We really want to get down into the dirt, so to speak, into the nitty gritty of what's driving health or ease and what's driving disease or disease in our body. And so, um, 
uh, hormones really are the big signaling molecules that are um, kind of driving so much of this. And um, for example, thyroid hormone, um, we kind of talked about if mitochondria are dysfunctional, that can really impact how well the thyroid functions. But healthy, happy thyroid function um, is what really actually sends some of the biggest stimulus for what's called cellular respiration, which is a fancy term for triggering our mitochondria to utilize oxygen because actually oxygen is what our mitochondria uses along with sugar or fat molecule to generate um, energy. And so um, if there's dysfunction in that thyroid hormone production, it's going to have a massive impact on our mitochondria as well as, um, you know, estrogen has major impacts on mitochondrial function, especially as a brain in, in the brain. And so especially we see a lot of gals in this perimenopause and menopausal time frame to get this brain fog and can't concentrate and memory goes to, you know, what they really, this is mitochondrial dysfunction from the low estrogen. And so really talking with your clinician, if that's a safe uh, ways to really work on that. Um, and, um, again, we talked about there's cortisol connection, um, and testosterone has a massive impact, uh, both triggering healthy mitochondrial function, as well as when our mitochondria are good, it really impacts our healthy T for guys. So guys, it's a good reason to take care of your mitochondria. Um, and so I didn't want to forget hormones a little bit more in depth there, but that's something that's very easy to check, uh, but also plays such a huge role. And through like basic labs through LabCorp, mm -hmm. uh, very, very easy. And I think that's one of the most frustrating thing. A lot of people come into me and that their provider will not check their hormones. Yeah. And I think that's just like so mind blowing because to your point, that's such a area we can optimize. Uh, well, thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, this was a wonderful episode and you guys stay tuned. Uh, hopefully we'll be having a part two. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.